Psalm chapter 1 this evening. And I'll tell you what's on my heart for next, I don't know how long, is on Sunday night, I want to look through the book of Psalms, chapter by chapter, each Sunday night, and looking more in a devotional sense, if you will, so not digging into a whole lot of it. Now, Psalm 1, you know this, I have preached, I have a whole series out of Psalm 1. Matter of fact, uh, I preached that series just a couple years ago in the morning meetings at uh, Mount Carmel there, and most of you were with us there. And then, of course, that was a series that I preached here years ago. Uh, so I'm not going to preach the series tonight, okay? <laughs> I promise you that. I promise to get you out before the Waffle House closes tonight. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. I will get you, well, I guess I'm not kidding. I don't know how you say that. I'm kind of kidding, not kidding. I don't know because the Waffle House don't close. I do, go, I'm going to get you out of here before the Waffle House. i tell you what, I don't even have a full page of notes tonight. That don't mean nothing. I just thought I'd share, share that with you tonight. But I want to look at Psalm 1. And again, I want to look through all, we're going to look chapter by chapter on Sunday nights through the book of Psalms, and we're going to tie a lot of things in. Now, I'm doing this with our staff on, on uh, every morning, and so Miss Martha, of course, she's in the nursery right now, Miss Emily, their home thatcher is sick, and so they get to hear it, they're, they're ahead of y'all, I'm already in chapter 24 with them, and of course, they only get a two or three minute no luck for y'all. Y'all are not just getting two or three minutes tonight. But um, so I'm going to expound a little bit more on the Psalms. But I want to look at it and see each Psalm in the way we can apply it to our life and the way we can see how it might fit our life and where we're at. You know, most of the Psalms are, most of them are written by David, but all of them are songs that are written. This is the song book of the Bible. Matter of fact, in the years gone by, we have actually taught the church how to sing some of them. And maybe we'll do that again as we go through this. I want to. Uh, as many as I know, I'd like to share with the church on how to sing some of these psalms. Because uh, they are songs. And uh, our songs ought to have meaning. And songs ought to have substance. And I'm not preaching on music tonight necessarily, but just a way of introduction to say about psalms and songs. Um, it doesn't matter. The, 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 the genre of the song is not as important as the substance in the song. And what I mean by that is we got some songs, and I'm not being ugly now. Don't, don't throw me out now. Don't, don't, don't throw me out now. But we got some songs in this book that ain't worth singing. Okay? First of all, this is a Church of God book anyway. I don't know why it got in our Baptist churches, but it's there, and some people hold it as high as the King James Bible. You're not looking at one that does, but there's some songs in here, like, if I could hear my mama pray again. What about the one with a lost mama that ain't never heard their mama pray? All right, and listen, if you had a saved mama, praise the Lord for it, okay? And I thank God for my saved mama, but that we ain't, you know, ought not be singing that in church. I know, I know, but Mother's Day. No, Mother's Day or not, it's the Lord's Day. We're to worship the Lord, not Mama, all right? Y'all don't get nervous. Well, he can get nervous. I'm not nervous, okay? I'll be honest with you, all these America songs in here. What, what are we singing, worshiping this country in the church house for? I know, I know, I should have kept, it's not in my notes, I should have kept it out, I guess. But I'm going to say what I'm going to say. We ought not be singing to Mom, we ought not be singing to Daddy, we ought not sing to America in the church house. This is a place of worship. And so there's some songs in here. And so when I say that, I mean this. It doesn't matter if it's got a twang to it or not. 
That's what some people judge all of their music by. I mean, I heard a preacher one time say, if, every, if a song don't start with da 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 it ain't right. But I've heard songs sing like that, and they're singing about a beer with Jesus. Right? And so, so the songs ought to have some substance to it. And you better believe if you're singing the psalms, you are singing something that's right. You don't have to wonder if it's okay or not because it's in the Bible. It is scripture. It is the words of God. And so as we look through the songbook of the Bible, I hope the Lord will help us have a song in our heart and a song in our life. And I'll tell you what, there's been some days, I said this morning, that there's three things you need when the enemy is coming at you. And those three things is you need a Bible. You need a place, a place where God saves you, a place where you have yielded yourself to the Spirit of God, a place where God has given you directions for your life, and you need a preacher. But I say sometimes, sometimes you need a song. There has been some times where I couldn't think of a verse in the Bible. I couldn't think of a message I heard preached, and I couldn't really remember the places because I was so such in a mess. There's been some days that a song had got me through. There's been some days that maybe I didn't even know all the words to it. Maybe I made up some words to it. But there was a song that was just in my soul. I tell you, my kids love singing. They sing about everything. They make up songs about everything. And it doesn't bother me because there ought to be a song in our heart to get us through the day. And David was a songwriter. David was singing these songs. And so that's what we're going to look at the songbook of the Bible over the next several, I mean, I guess at least 150 Sunday nights. And uh, I don't know, again, uh, it'll take us a long time, but we're going to do it as the Lord has led us. So Psalm chapter 1, I will invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. We'll read all six of these verses. And again, because I have preached through this so much, there's going to be a lot maybe repetitive tonight, but most of I'm going to try to bring down just to the brass attacks of what this song, this song is about. Look what he says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so. They are like the chafe which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Would you help us pray? Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for letting us be here in this place with these people tonight. Thank you, Lord God, for letting us meet once again. God, to be able to sing the songs of God, sing songs about you and to you. Thank you for the special singing that turned our hearts and minds towards you and your goodness in our life. Thank you for a Bible that we're able to open tonight. Thank you for eyes to be able to lay a hold, uphold it. God, thank you for a mind to be able to read it. God, most of all, thank you for the Spirit of God that lives on the inside, that guides us into all truth. I pray you'd help me preach with unction and power and anointing of the Holy Ghost of God. Help us say something that might be a help to your people to go on through the work week and through the school week and whatever else they have before them this week. I pray, God, you'd put a song in their heart uh, to, let God, to guide them and to lead them and direct them in the 
days ahead. I pray you'd help us now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Psalm chapter 1, it's the first song in the songbook. And it ought to set the tone for the songbook. Now, that's not the case for a lot of songbooks. I don't know necessarily if that was the intent of the church hymnal writers, uh, or the editors, I should say, not writers, but the church hymnal. Uh, the very first song, it's just like heaven. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not even familiar with that song. But uh, I don't know if that sets the tone for their, if that was their thinking or not. But, but I, I, a lot of them are not like that. Like in, for instance, in the North Valley Revival book, the, the first song is Dr. Jack Treber's favorite song. And the second song is his wife's favorite song. And so, well, if they're the pastor and pastor's wife of that church, I guess they have a right to do that, right? And so that doesn't necessarily mean the same thing in songbooks today. But in the Psalms, this psalm sets the, the, the tone for the rest of these, these songs in this book. And he starts off with this psalm dealing with the lives of two very different types of people. The first, the, the last verse of the, of the uh, psalm, verse number six, describes these people as those that are in the way of the righteous and those that are in the way of the ungodly. And that is the, the, that, that is the two defining factors of a person's life. And we'll get there in just a minute. But verse number one and two says something about those that are going to worship God. And again, if we're talking about a songbook, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about something that's going to get us worshiping God. It's going to bring us into worship of the Lord and bring us into praising the Lord. And so a song is a, a songbook is a worship book, if you will. It is a book to lead us into worship. It is the worship part of our service. It is uh, the praise part of our service. It is the part of the service that puts our minds in the things, uh, to the things of God. It reminds of who God is and what he has done for us. And verses 1 and 2 of the very first song in this songbook tells us that those that are going to worship God must first embrace his law. Notice what it says. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. If you are going to worship the Lord, if you are going, whether that means privately or publicly, here or at home or wherever else, the first thing must be true is that you must embrace the law of God. You must not take the counsel of the ungodly. You must not stand in the way of the sinners. You must not sit in the seat of the scornful. Meaning this, you ought not be taking advice for folks that are not right with God. Amen. And it's amazing that we have to preach that in 2024 to people who's been in church their whole life. But we got people making stupid decisions with their life. And it's all because they're taking advice from the ungodly. I, listen to me, I do not care what an ungodly, lost, unregenerated person has to say about anything. Are you listening? I don't care what a lost, unregenerate person says about my finances. I don't care what he says about my family. I don't care what he says about our country's security. I don't care what he says. I mean, listen, we are living today. And listen, it's 2024, it's election year. And this is when they will bombard you with advice. They're going to tell you to do this and do that. 
do this and do that, and they're ungodly. They're lost. They're going to hell. They don't have the Spirit of God on the inside. So nothing they say is filtered by the Spirit of God. So they can say anything. And we're in an hour we can say anything, can't we? We get enough followers. We get enough likes. get enough hearts or whatever else on the different social media. We can get enough followers where we got, we'll become an influencer. And it don't matter where you get this stuff you, you got saying. You just say, oh, anything. And then just everybody says, oh, that's got to be, that sounds so good. We're taking our advice from the ungodly. In the end, we stand in the way of sinners. We're, meaning, meaning this, we're congregating with sinners. Now listen, there are places we go that's just going to have to happen, right? You're down at the store. I mean, you can't be like, get away from me, sinner, you know. Unclean, unclean, you know. You're down at work, and you may not get to choose who you work with. You may not get to choose who you're around at school. You may not get to choose who you may be around at home. But what this is saying, when you have the choice of who you're standing with, when you have a choice of who you're being with, when you have a choice of who you're hanging with, don't stand in the way of the sinners. Don't be with that crowd that is sinning. And then he goes this, the seat of the scornful. Don't hang around that crowd that is scorning the things of God. We're seeing a lot of that in, this, in the hour that we live in. These that are deconstructing their faith, they're not deconstructing their faith. They never were saved. You listening? This crowd that's got these podcasts of deconstructing Christianity, no, 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 no. They never had Christianity. John said it like this, they went out from us because they were not of us. They went out because they're not, they're not never were part of us. This reconstructing, or this a deconstructing crowd, this recovering crowd, crybaby crowd, I got hurt. Yeah, we all have, right? Recovering crowd. And so we got this crowd, we got this crowd who is scorning the things of God. But watch this, we got a crowd sitting in the church pews that they scorn the things of God. They scorn the loud preaching. They scorn the, the worship style. They ain't got to be that loud. And they ain't got to be that dramatic. And they ain't got to be that excited. And I said it this morning. I'm going to say it again. I'm not saying you've got to act like me. You don't have to act like everybody else around here. Hey, but listen to me. If you would act like this in another setting, shame on you. Amen. And listen, I ain't mad at you for sitting like there bumping the logs. So don't get it mad at me for shouting. Amen. And so, so, so that scornful crowd. But, but here's, here's the thing. In verse 2 he says, but, he, but he is, his delight is in the law of the Lord. This person who's going to enter into worship. This person who's going to come into the presence of God in worship. He is going to delight in the law of the Lord. Now that is something that is foreign to the modern day Christianity. We, like, we want to twist that law we want to make sure everybody understands. Well, now, 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 really, that don't mean law, law. That means just it's talking about the Bible all in general. And, and you're right. It is. But guess what's in that Bible? Law. There's law in that Bible. Listen, you've got to have law. You've got to have law in your life. We are, none of us are just going to do right. Listen, if you think that people are just going to do right, it's because you've been too far removed from having children in your home. Right? Have some children in your home again. Maybe grandparents, watch them grandbabies in there. You'll be reminded. Oh, yeah, we're sinners. <laughs> yep, we're born with a sin nature. Why? Because they do everything you tell them not to. I mean, everything. Oliver, 
He'll, he'll talk and talk and talk. You say, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. And he won't. And then you say, he said a new word. And my mama says, hey, 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 listen, listen. Say it again, Ollie. And the whole time you don't want him to talk, he's talking. The whole time you do want him to talk, he's Right? And my kid ain't no worse than y'all's other than he is Alan. But, but, but children, children, it just shows us our sin nature. We don't like law in our life, but we need it. And the Bible says the one who's going to enter into worship, he delights in that law. He delights that there's a God in heaven that loves him enough to tell him what to do. He, he delights that there's a God in heaven that loves him enough to say, hey, buddy, you don't know how to live life without me. You're going to mess up your life. You're going to wreck your life. The way that you think's right is going to lead to destruction. So, hey, here's another path. And if you'll take this path, it'll work out. I mean, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for a God in heaven that says, hey, I know the beginning to the end and everything in between. If you'll follow my path, it'll work. That's a blessing. If you're going to enter into worship, you're going to have to embrace his law. I said it this morning, if you're going to get away, that enemy uh, that, that in, enemy coming after you, that enemy wanting to kill you like it, well, they were Jesus in chapter number 10 of John, he, he went back to the Bible. He went back to the Bible. Matter of fact, I didn't get to deal with this much, but, but as I said it and moved on. But even when he got back to, to Jordan, they were talking about John and they, went, they said John did no miracles, but John preached the Bible. John wasn't performing miracles, but he preached the book. And he goes back to a Bible, and that's what you need. You say, always oh, talking about Bible this and Bible that. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what we are around here. That's kind of what it is to be a Bible Christian, is you got to be Bible this and Bible that. People of the Bible. And that don't mean just having them. And that don't mean just having a church that preaches from them. But we're living a life out of it. You can't live a life out of it unless you live in a life in it. He said this, you got to hide that word in your heart that you might not sin against God. How much time do you spend with this book? How much time do you spend in the word of God? Letting the word of God. And I, and I know, I know, I know what will happen is you'll sit in that pew and be a scorner and say, everybody can't just sit around and read the Bible. Why not? I, listen, I know there's responsibilities, obviously, duh. I'm not dumb, but we fill our time with a lot of things that are not res our responsibilities. Let's get real for a moment. There are things that you do in your life that are not necessary for your life. There are things you watch, things you listen to, things you scroll through that are not necessary for you to live, things you read, things, all that stuff that are not necessary. Why is it that we spend so much time on social media, news media, podcasts, radio, whatever else, and we're not in this book? And then we expect to walk up into church to worship the Lord who said this, if you're going to worship me, you're going to have to embrace that book. If you're going to worship me, you're going to have to embrace the law of this book. Before we get any further into the songbook, before we can get to the places of the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk. Before we can get to the place, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Before we get to the place, and he that shall come will come. Until we get to those places where we talk about the goodness and the joy of the Lord, we've got to get one thing first is we've got to get our relationship with this book right. I know I could read it more. I know I could let it read me more. 
I tell you, we've gotten a generation. One generation might have thought maybe they was too hard because they challenged you read, need to read 10 chapters a day. And then we got a generation that came in and saw, well, if you just read one, it's better than none. You're right, but, it'd be, but 10's better than one. Right? And I've said this over and over again. I'm going to say it again. I'm trying to be a practical pastor. If you've never read a chapter of your Bible, don't go home tonight and think, well, I'm going to read 10 chapters tonight. It ain't going to happen. Well, you might today on some emotional something, but then tomorrow you won't. So if you ain't never read one chapter of your Bible, you know what you need to go home to do? Go home to do? Read one. You know what you need tomorrow? What? Read one more. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I know this from experience. If you ain't never read your Bible consistently, don't set off on some unrealistic goal. Set a realistic goal, but then do it. Set a reminder in your phone. Put a note on your refrigerator. Write a shot with a, with a dry erase marker on your bathroom mirror or something. Remind your, tie a ribbon around your finger, whatever it takes for you to remember. Get in the book. Get in the Bible. So, that's a verse. That's the first thing. If we're going to worship God. But then, then, the main thing about this first song is this. And I said it in verse 6, you have the way of the righteous and the way of the ungodly. In the end, there are only two ways to live. We don't like that. Our society doesn't like that. Because we like this. We like being like this. Well, you know, they're not saved, but, you know, they're, they're good folk. Well, they're not church people, but, you, but you know, they're, 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 they're all right folk. They, 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 don't, they don't never talk about the Lord or nothing like that, but, but they're, 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 they're all right. You get what I'm saying? And what we do is we try to lump and we have a category and then we have subcategories and subcategories and we try to make it better than what, and God says, wait a minute. No, no, there's the righteous and the ungodly. That's it. There is the folks that are righteous, living right, doing right. That's what righteous means, doing right. And there's the ungodly. And listen, that means doing everything against God. And there's no middle ground. In the end, there is two ways to live. And whatever happens in your life, no matter what happens today or tomorrow or the rest of this week, no matter the crucial bottom line question for you tonight is this. Which of the two ways in this psalm describes your life? Which of the two ways described in this first song is the life that you want to embrace. Because the choice is yours. Nobody can make you live for God. And watch this. Nobody can make you not live for God. That whole deconstructing crowd. That whole recovering crowd. All that, their thing is. Somebody made me not live for God. Somebody hurt my feelings. And somebody did this. And somebody done that. And my wife. Or my husband. Or my children. Or my mom. Or my daddy. Yada, yada, yada. It is your choice. Whether you're going to serve God or not. Amen. Listen to me, young people. If your parents don't decide to serve God, it's your choice whether you serve God. Amen. Parents, if your children don't serve God, it's your choice to serve God whether they do or not. And so it is your choice. So the question is, which of these two ways are you going to embrace? Now listen. We've got, the, we have these, we have the, if you think about life, and in our life, we have these never-ending to-do lists. Y'all got that? Or is that just me? We have the ever, never-ending to-do list. I've got so many to-do lists, I don't know which page I'm on now. 
I don't even know where to find the one I typed this morning, right? Because it just gets, uh, it gets uh, covered and cluttered and all this never ending. And watch it, it's always clamoring for our attention. Always, y- y'all, y'all, I hope, I hope I'm not like the only one like this. I pro- maybe I am. But y'all ever been doing something? I mean, in the middle of something that, that, that all of a sudden something you ain't thought about in three months, boom, hits your mind. If you're like me, you'll be like, well, I don't do, either write it down or, 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 or you start repeating it over and over your head. Hope, like, when I get done with this, I can remember it. And then all of a sudden you get done with it and you think, well, what was that thing I was going to do? Or if, if, the, the best case scenario is your wife with you and say, all right, baby, in just a little while, remind me of this. All right, and then hope she remembers it, right? And so, we, we, why? Because those to-do lists are always drawing for our attention. But at the end of all of that, or, or, or in the midst of all of that, in the midst of those to-do lists and all that stuff that's out there clamoring for our attention, there is a fundamental choice that we have to make. We have to make a fundamental choice whether we are going to receive our instruction and influence from God or from fools. Where are we going to get our instruction and our influence? Is it going to be from God or is it going to be from fools? You say, well, that's a pretty strong word. You're right. We'll get there later, but Psalm 14.1. What's the fool said in his heart? There is no God. And so the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He may not have ever said it with his mouth, but he lives a life like there is no God. He lives a life without, the, without God, interve- with, with, no, with no intervention from God in his life. I'm going to do my own thing, do my own way. doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about this. And so you can get your influence from that crowd or you can get it from God. And you've got to make that choice. What you're going to do? You're going to, stand, you're going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly? You're going to stand in the way of sinners? You're going to sit in the seat of the scornful? Or are you going to delight in the law of the Lord? That's your choice. You're going to listen to the voice of life, God's word, or are you going to listen to the voice of death? Are you going to take God's life-giving instruction or are you going to take the empty instruction from those who the Bible says here shall not stand in the judgment? You realize those that are lost, those that are without God, and then no matter if they're in the church or out of the church, when their advice doesn't line up with Scripture, when their advice doesn't start with what the Word of God says and principles found in the Word of God. When they, the Bible tells us here in this song that they will not be able to stand in the judgment, meaning this, they're, they're, they're going to have no foundation at the judgment. But those that live a godly life, those that live according to this book, have a foundation. We just did it the way you said do it. We just lived it the way you said live it. Of course, I'm not getting into the, the, the fact of just our foundation being Jesus Christ and salvation. That's the foremost, that's the, that's the, 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 the main part of our foundation. But, but what I'm saying is when you live according to this book, your foundation is that it's his word. Your Bible said this and that's what I've done. So are you going to listen to the voice of life? Are you going to listen to those that, are you going to listen to God's life-giving instruction or those that are empty? And then in verse number three says this, he shall be like a tree planted like by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so. 
And I think about there in verses 3 and 4, I'm thinking about my life. How are the trials that are coming into my life going to affect me? When the wind blows in my life, when the storm clouds come over, when the thunder is rolling, the lightning is crashing, and everything is going on around me, and the trials are there, and the troubles are there, how's that going to affect me? How, what, what am I going to look like at the end of that trial? Are those trials going to prove me to be a deep-rooted tree, as in verse number 3, incapable of blowing over? Ours is going to show us like this shaft that is blown away by the slightest breeze. Sad to say, I said it earlier today a couple of times about the generation so soft we're in. Quit everything, don't we? We are, we are in a, a generation, and I don't mean just these young people. Again, again, a generation, they don't just learn that stuff from anywhere, okay? They're allowed to do it. I thank God for a moment didn't let me quit something I started. And, uh, but, but nonetheless, I'm say this, we just quit over everything. Fickle, blown away, tossed to and fro, never stable, never steady. And so when the trials of life come, the troubles of life come, what's going to show up at the end? Are we going to be rooted like this tree? Or are we going to be tossed to and fro where the wind driveth away? Look at the first, the first word of this. So, so what I'm saying here, verse 1 and 2 shows us that if we're going to enter into this worship, we're going to have to embrace the law of God. And then we're going to have to make a choice. Who, who, where are we going to get our instruction? Where are we going to get our influence? Then we have got, when we get our influence right, our instruction from the right place, then that's going to tell us what's going to happen when the trials come. When we are rooted in the word of God, grounded in the word of God, then we are planted. We are a planted tree. We are planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth this fruit. We're planted in the roots. I mean, we're planted in the, in the foundation. We're planted in the soil of the Word of God. And so when those trials come, it's not even that we are strong. It's that the Word of God we're planted in is strong. It's where our faith is, is strong. And then he says this in verse 5, The ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way. The righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I think back to the first word of this psalm. The first word of this psalm says, blessed is the man. And that word gives the idea of true, solid happiness. And I know we like hollering about, you know, God ain't concerned about your happiness as much as he is, your holiness. Well, I don't know. He said, blessed. Jesus preached the whole message on it. Come out, blessed. I think Brother Ware's doing a series right now in the old, uh, in, the, uh, in, the, uh, uh, in the adult class. I'm trying to think what class he teaches. The adult class, the sanctuary class on Beatitude, that's, that's blessed. God said it was blessings. That, but here's it is. It's not this, this, this fickle happiness. It's not just this just this uh, moment of excitement. It's a true, genuine, uh, solid happiness. The Bible says in this song, the first song of the songbook says that true, solid happiness, that blessedness, 
is found only in God and his word. We're looking for it in all kinds of other places. We're looking for it in relationships. We're looking for it in careers. We're looking for it in, in other types of, of out, outside sources. But the only way you're going to have true, solid happiness is having a, 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 a relationship and fellowship with God and his word. Blessedness. Blessed is the man. I want to be a blessed man. I want to be a man that's got true happiness, a man that's got solid foundation of happiness, a joy that, that you know, we talk about the joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's only going to come through his word. And he reiterates it again in verse number two. He says, his delight is in the law of the Lord. See, nothing can compare to the happiness that's found when it's solidly found into the, when it's, when it's founded on the word of God. Nothing compared to that. It's fruitful. It's flourishing, it's prospering, it's delightful, alive, saturated by the word of God. As I started today, I will end today, we need the Bible. We have got to have the word of God in our life. So tonight, as I close, again, just giving devotional thoughts out of these, out of these chapters. I challenge you to walk with God. Just walk with him. Genesis chapter 5, we find the Enoch. And the Bible says that long list of people just living, finally, Enoch, it says Enoch walked with God. We don't see that about anybody else. And I don't know that anybody else was wrong before that, but we know this, that something happened in Enoch's life that changed him. And he walked with God. You can't walk with God unless you agree with God. Amos 3 3, how can two walk together except they be agreed? So walk with God. Then I'll challenge you to soak in His Word. Just let it soak in you. Just read it and reread it and reread it and reread it. And when it looks like black words on white paper, just read it. And when it jumps off the page at you, out off the page and blesses your soul, read it. And when it's exciting, read it. And when it's boring, read it. Read it, read it, read it. Just let it go in, let it go in, let it go in, let it go in. Because I'll tell you what, it's washing your mind. The most boring pages of Scripture is better than anything else in this world for you. It'll help you soak in the Word of God. Then I'll challenge you this. Take the yoke of the Lord upon you. Take the yoke of the Lord upon you. Team up with Him. Walking with him, soaking in his word, but then team up with him. About everything. Be on the Lord's side about everything. Be on God's side. That's always going to be the right side. Take his yoke upon you, but not only teaming up with him, teaming up, team up with him to serve him. Just as we, we, have, we, 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 we talk about a lot around here, it's just surrender to the Lord. This morning I mentioned about that place that we saw that Jesus, that place he went back to, that special place where he, where he saw where the Holy Spirit came down, but then the, 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 the Father uh, Father spoke out that this is my beloved Son. We see in our life, application-wise, it's a place of being filled with the Spirit, but also a place where we get the orders to serve God. 
You've got to have a place in your life where you have yielded yourself fully over to the Lord. And, and when he gives you those orders, you can go back to those. Oh, what are the orders he gave me? To submitting yourself to that. You've heard it time and time again. Take a blank piece of paper, sign the bottom of it and say, God, you fill out the rest. Whatever you want out of my life. So take his yoke upon you. And I believe this with the authority of this book. The authority of the Bible, the, the, the song that we read today, that you walk with God, you soak in his word, you take his yoke upon you, you will be blessed. You will truly be happiness, I mean truly be happy, and you'll have a happiness that the winds of trial cannot blow away. They can't do nothing about it. We enter this first song of the song book. How's your relationship with the word of God? Again, today. How's your relationship with the Bible? We're in, we're in the last Sunday of January. The last Sunday of January. And some of, your, some of your New Year's resolutions, I'm not against them, I'm for making goals, was to read your Bible through this year. We've put, we're putting a reading plan in the bulletin to help you with that. But we're four weeks in, and if, if statistics are right, many have already fallen off. If statistics hold up like they, like they say happens most of the time, it's around now is when people stop doing all the, all the New Year's resolutions. They say the gyms are emptying out now. Putting out all the fried foods again, you know. All the goals. But I tell you, even the spiritual goals, though. You know what you need to do? Just reset them. Reset them today. That's a good start. 12 minutes a day probably for most, most average readers, 12 minutes a day you could read our reading list, our Bible list, and you would read, you'll read the whole Bible through. Could you give 12 minutes to the Lord in your Bible? Really? A, a 12 minutes of your entire day? See, you're never going to worship God until you get in His Word. Why? Because, well, you're never going to see yourself for who you are. You're never going to see him for who he is. You could make some noise, I guess. You could make some noise without getting in this book, but you're not going to worship him without getting in this book. Our relationship with this word. So, so isn't it amazing the first song in the songbook of the Bible is, hey, you need the Bible. You need the word of God. He didn't say you got to have a right to the kind of a certain tune or a certain sound, a certain instrument. He didn't say you got to have a good song leader or not. He said you need a Bible. You need to get in this book and have a relationship with this book and fellowship with this book and hiding this word in your heart and letting this word hide in you. Honor this book. I've wrote this in some of your Bibles. If you've asked me to sign it or something like that or if I give you a Bible, this book, will keep you from sin. But sin will keep you from this book. So at the end of the day today, end of the night, I'm about to close and go home, the bottom line question, which of the two ways described in this song are you going to embrace? Which of the two ways are you going to go? One or the other. Let's all stand, heads bowed, and eyes closed. Give you the opportunity to pray. Think about these things. Which of the two ways in this psalm are you going to embrace for your life? 
way of the righteous or the way of the ungodly. 